Yes, the torch of Lady Liberty symbolizes what exactly our is the American dream. What does the American dream mean to you? I'm looking for scrap, hustler, guys who are willing to roll up their sleeves. It is that lady who gives us our great and special place in the world. That's the American dream. It's about the American dream. We believe in the same dream that says anything is possible. Anybody can attain it. That's, that's what it's about. In America, you can say anything you want. Never let somebody tell you can't do something. A beacon of freedom and opportunity that draws the people of the world. No country on earth comes close. Well, that's all about to change. I'm not out to punish anyone. All I'm asking is you pay your fair share. America's traditional economic capabilities are powerful and strong, and there's a reason why this country is a shining city on the hill for all others around the world with dreams of nearly financial success. Because up until recently, our, at times, very imperfect capitalist society allowed for nearly anyone to chart their own course. There's nothing more free than that. But freedom is slipping through our fingers faster than you may realize, because these radicals are systematically trying to tear down our nation, and they are getting dangerously close to success. Tonight, back at the chalkboard, I'll show you how they are tearing down our economy, what you need to do, and why your way of life may soon dramatically change. Tonight, the United States of Venezuela, how to prepare for our economic collapse. Well, I think I just wet myself a little bit. That was kind of scary. Um, hello, America. Welcome to the program. I want to talk to you about a completely different world that you are already in, um, but you don't know it quite yet. You feel it. Um, you've experienced things that you've not felt before. You've, uh, how many times have you heard in the last year or so, yeah, it'll be, you know, six months or I don't know when that will be coming in. Americans have always been a fast food kind of place. <laughs> I've been to several fast food restaurants that are now closed. Um, they can't even get help. It is bizarre. This is not the America any of us knew just even two years ago. So what is happening? Because it's more than just the pandemic. What's happening? Your country, I believe, is being dismantled piece by piece. I said this about 15 years ago, that you, if you can't bring the world up to American standards, well, then there will be those who will suggest that it's not fair. And so we'll have to bring America down to the world standards. That is exactly what is happening right now. And I believe in a few things, and I think you do too. So tonight, I'm going to show you how they're being dismantled and what you can do about it. But let me first show you the world that is the new normal. This is what you should expect. Much, much lower living standards. Um, to the point of really uh, no ownership of things. Much lower living standards. Shortages, we are already seeing them. But beef and fruits will become a luxury item. Black and brownouts. I'm going to show you. <laughs> it's just so obvious what is coming. Black and brownouts. Uh, savings. Your savings devalued with equity as much as maybe 60%. Zero privacy in your banking. 
collective rules. You're just going to have to do what everybody says to do. Schools are going to become nothing but learning centers for activism and how to work for a corporation. No ownership and no one to blame and no one to vote vote out. Wow, I don't want to live in that country, do you? So let me show you how they're doing it. First, let's start with the president's speech just last week. Watch. I believe we're at an inflection point in this country. One of those moments where the decisions we're about to make can change, literally change the trajectory of our nation for years and possibly decades to come. I'm not out to punish anyone. I'm a capitalist. If you can make a million or a billion dollars, that's great. God bless you. All I'm asking is you pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Just like middle class folks do. But that isn't happening now. It would ask just for two pieces of information from the banks of these folks that amounts, the amounts that come into their bank accounts and what amounts <clears throat> go out of their bank accounts so that the wealthy can no longer hide what they're making. Oh, and they can shoot. finally begin to pay their fair share of what oh, they owe. Man, he's got us now. Oh, everybody. Oh, if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, he's got you. He's got you. He's going to look at every single thing that comes in or out. Anything in or out over six hundred dollars. That's how you get the rich right there. Now, let me give you a few problematic statements here. First of all. I love the assumption that every single wealthy American is trying to hide from the government and not pay taxes. It, it, it sounds like you're in a drug cartel, which he probably knows really well because he's been helping them make all kinds of money down on the border through human trafficking. But that's a different story. It is not true. It is not true that people are trying to get out of income tax legally. Sure. Legally, I'll do what I am owed, what you're owed, and what I have to pay. I'm not going to pay more. You waste all of my money. First of all, let's also look at the lie that he was just saying. It's time for you to pay your fair share. Let's look at the top 1%. They earned more than $540,000 each, so something above that. They earned 21% of all U.S. income. That's pretty bad. Wow. It's all that money's going to them, except they paid 40 percent of all federal income taxes. That's one percent that makes 20 percent that's paying 40 percent of all income taxes. How much more is the fair share? If you expand that to the top 10 percent, now that's meaning everybody who is making one hundred and fifty two thousand dollars a year and above. They earned 48% of all U.S. income. They paid 71% of all federal income taxes. 71%. The top 10 is paying 71%. Please don't throw the middle class into the faces of those guys when they're paying 71%. Second of all, when somebody insists on telling you, no, 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 I'm a capitalist, you're probably not a capitalist, okay? Also, President Biden is right about one thing he said. America is at an inflection point. Quote, one of those moments where the decisions we're about to make can change literally, change the trajectory of our nation for years and possibly decades to come. No joke. 
We are about to change. We are on the precipice of something, but we are talking destructive change. I showed you a minute ago what we're going to look like. Let me show you what our lifelines were. What made America great? What was it that made us great? Why did we become this super powerhouse? Well, if you look at history, especially in the 20th century, um, you'll find a few things. But some of these date all the way back to the founding of America and are unique. First of all, we have had abundant energy. We have cheap and stable energy, and we're generally independent for the first time, fully independent after the Trump administration or during the Trump administration. Second, we had abundant labor. We had people with with light regulation. If you wanted to start your own business, an entrepreneur, it was great. Then we had land and farming. This comes to private ownership. Families, we were independent. Farming is local. That's how we fed the world. Strong dollar. We had the gold reserve. Uh, We were the world's reserve currency. We had low regulation, low tax. And the most important one, I think, is rule of law. We were united. We were stable. We were ethical, generally speaking. We were just and principled. Not all the time. But we tried to be. We we strove for that. We used to be embarrassed if somebody found us, you know, uh, doing something wrong. Now, nobody even cares. So how are they taking this all apart? Well, it's it's not going to be a surprise to you, but let me just throw this out. Now, remember, this is in just a couple of months. This is like eight months of this administration. Imagine how bad it will be after four years. So abundant energy, cheap, stable and independent. Not anymore. Our energy independence uh, and the fact that we could do it ourselves as individuals used to be a virtue. Um, But we don't want to be that way anymore. I guess we want to be a global partner. But didn't we just learn from covid that independence was really important? We couldn't even get our own PPEs. Nobody Nobody in the administration, they're talking about destroying all this, but none of them are talking about, hey, can we get our medicine back? Can we probably make our medicine here? Nope. No, we're not doing that. We're not to be independent. They are turning this country into Venezuela. Biden administration took energy independence for the very first time, and they began doing things like shutting down the XL pipeline. Uh, Then they shut down the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, which has all kinds of stuff in it. What happened? Gas prices started to go up. It's up a buck. One dollar. More than one dollar since this guy got into office. So that'll make people. Well, I think America only cares if the mainstream media covers things. So they haven't been covering gas prices. So I don't know if we're all that upset, but it's not going to go well. That's why Biden went to OPEC and begged OPEC. We were energy independent. He begged OPEC to boost oil production to help combat the rising gas prices. You know what OPEC said? No, no, we're going to give more of that oil to uh, Asia. So no. Oh, we have no clout, no clout. And we have no electricity. Uh, I mean, no, no oil or gas. Um, And by the way, it's a good thing because we're not going to need all that nasty oil because we have new cars and they'll all be electric, all 
be electric by 2030. If you're a car guy, I'm a, kind of a quasi-car guy. Jay Leno really screwed my life up. Um, I've been paying attention to cars. Do, do you know that the last of the real engines, the last ones are being built this year? Everything will be a hybrid going forward to here. By 2030, they think only Bugatti, and they're not even sure about that, will be all electric. No combustion engines. Wow, well, that's great because, you know, that's wonderful because that's, wow, really? Where are we going to get all that electricity? Because we're also banning coal plants. Let me show you a quote from an MSNBC or CNBC host, Kelly Evans. This was on the 1st of September about the huge power problem on the horizon for America. And I quote, Every household and business on the planet right now should be thinking hard about how they get power, how good their backup options are. The mushy middle of this global energy transition could be a very uncomfortable place to be. Don't you think that should be one of the big things we're talking about? Instead of instead of vaccine mandates, don't you think that we should be talking about a global energy prices because of the mushy middle, you know, that transitionary period where you don't really have it fixed yet. We, we were a great country because we had cheap and stable energy. When you go to other countries that have rolling blackouts, when you go to California and have rolling blackouts, you can't do business like that. You can't do business like a third world country. But that's where we're headed. Going green really means you got to be dependent, dependent really on our adversaries, especially China. China gives us our computer chips. That's a bad idea. Battery components, really bad idea. Solar wind components, they dominate all of those markets. China is by far the world's number one exporter of both solar panels and the main components for making solar, solar panels. Eight of the top 10 solar-powered companies in the world are Chinese. Only one is an American. 22 years ago, before the Obama nightmare, all of that, U.S. companies made 22% of the world's solar panels. Now, 1% made in America. 95% of solar modules rely on one primary material called solar-grade polysilicon. Wow, polysilicon. You know who makes 80% of the world's polysilicon? Yeah. And 45%, just as a bonus, 45% of that 80% come from the Xinjiang region of China. That's where they keep all the concentration camps. Oh, I can't wait to get my power from that. Now, General Electric is still number one in the world for wind turbine manufacturing, but Goldwyn, a Chinese company, is ranked second. In fact, seven out of the top ten wind power companies in the world are Chinese. Last year, over half of the world's newly installed wind power came from China, all built in China. Now we're further forfeiting our mineral power to China. I mean, first of all, we've got to do some central planning here on the electric cars. And then we get to Afghanistan, their vast resource of rare earth uh, metals, estimated to be worth between one and three trillion dollars. Wow, that's enough to buy a nuke. Um, yeah, we just kind of gave that to China. Now, these metals vital to the electric vehicle production. 
Isn't that great? But it's going to be good because it's going to be good for the planet, even though it takes more uh, and burns more CO2 and leaves that in the atmosphere than you know, a regular car does. But don't think about that. Let me talk about BlackRock, because they are going to be very instrumental uh, on changing the world. Because BlackRock, man, I love them. I do. There was just a story about BlackRock and Citibank. And they just said that BlackRock, Inc. and other major financial institutions, Citigroup, um, they are going to put an end to coal power. Love this. So get rid of oil, natural gas, fracking, and coal power. And then introduce the world to a new electric car. China put 38.4 gigawatts of new coal capacity, the fired capacity, coal fire, into operation last year. That's more than three times the amount built elsewhere around the world. And that, uh, they say, undermines the short-term climate goals. Oh, darn it. Nearly all of the 60 new coal plants planned in Eurasia, South America, and Africa, 50, uh, 70 gigawatts of coal power in all, are financed exclusively by Chinese banks. Wait a minute. So China is just expanding coal power and they're loaning the money and building these coal fire plants all around the world. And BlackRock and Citigroup are saying, we're not going to anymore loan any money to anybody who does anything dirty like that. China, meanwhile, is like, oh, they'll do it. So, wow, does this sound like game over? So BlackRock, quoting, and other financial institutions are working on plans to accelerate the closure of coal-fired plants in Asia in a bid to phase out on the use of the worst man-made contributors to climate change. Quoting, the world cannot possibly hit the Paris climate targets unless we accelerate the retirement and replacement of existing coal-fired electricity. This is especially true in Asia, where existing coal fleets are big and young, and otherwise would operate for decades. Oh, yeah. If we just built a new coal fire plant, can you imagine? Oh, we'd be all in saying, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we've got another 40 years on that plant. We're going to close it down. They're not going to. In contrast to the U.S., China uses 10 times more coal and natural than natural gas. In 2020, China built over three times as much new coal capacity as all other countries on Earth combined equal to one large coal plant per week. In 2020, they commissioned 73.5 gigawatts of new coal plant proposals, which is over five times the rest of the world combined. So what does that give you? That gives you shortages of almost everything. Power outages, shortage of gas, shortage of oil, um, shortage of really anything, fruit, I mean, shortages of everything because it's got to be shipped from someplace. You know what it sounds like? And this is literally their model is California. But I just want to tell you, California is not far enough. They're not done in California. Oh, they've got more damage to do. Remember, these are the same people when the world was inside for COVID lockdowns last year, when everything was closed, nobody was driving Emissions were way down. I can see the Himalayas. It still isn't meeting the, 
the Paris Climate Accords. It's still not good enough for them. That's energy gone from America. Next. Last week, Morgan Stanley put a warning out that stocks could fall 15% before the end of the year. Hmm. Why? Well, China is realizing ghost cities aren't a good investment. Kind of highlights the need to balance and protect your portfolio. And if all that wasn't bad enough, the CPI inflation rate reported above 5% for the fourth month in a row. In 2008, the markets only survived three months in a row before, of over 5% before they crashed. You remember how that went, right? Precious metals perform well, uh, and you can protect yourself in times of excess inflation. And I have evidence that was just handed to me right before I went on the air from the Fed. I'm going to talk about this later on the show. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're saying, you know what? We're going to maybe raise interest rates pretty soon. What? Over a year early? Huh. Why? Inflation. Please call Goldline now. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Goldline.com. Call them. 866-GOLDLINE. Okay. The entrepreneurial spirit, the American workforce, um, working hard, thinking things through, generally non-union labor, all of these things were huge factors in building America. We were educated, entrepreneurial spirit, light regulation, non-union. Union when we had to be because somebody was just stepping on somebody else's neck. There's a balance between um, the corporation and the workers that we don't ever seem to find. We, we always go one way or the other too far. Well, let me tell you, they are gutting this right now. It is gutting. You have stifled the entrepreneurs. You've stifled the ability to build wealth. Entrepreneurs, because of the pandemic rules, a lot of them are out. And they've lost everything. Everything. Uh, you know, they didn't get really bailed out, did they? Our local stores. I couldn't go to Ace Hardware because, God forbid, my local Ace Hardware was open. That would have been a germ factory. But Home Depot was good. Progressives obsess with all of this stuff. They obsess with class warfare and redistribution, and they never mention the fact that the 400 wealthiest Americans, 67% of that, created their own wealth, and they started as an entrepreneur. That is the American dream. I can come with nothing, and I can have an idea, and I can build it. Eight out of the 10 richest Americans started their own business. So what do we do? Well, we got to put the entrepreneurial spirit to, uh, to death. Uh, what we need to do is make sure everybody is in a union. The PRO Act, protecting the right to organize. It's a problem. Among several terrible provisions, this act would override states' right-to-work laws, forcing you to pay a union due whether you want to join a union or not. Okay, what else could we do? Well, we could just gut the heart out of America and, and get people just to, just to be opening up veins for UBI. UBI, this is AOC. You know, let me, let me give you this. Did you know that according to the latest study, and this is from the Bureau of Labor, you remember when Mitt Romney said, well, you'll never get the 47% to go along with this because 47% 
didn't pay taxes. Hmm. Do you know how many people don't pay taxes now? 61% last year. 61% did not pay taxes. Not that they, you know, got around it. They didn't have to. 61%. 39% is now floating this country. And it wouldn't be bad if it was like, well, that was COVID. No, 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 no. With UBI, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get America to stop being this. It destroys the workforce, and you're seeing it, every local restaurant, anyone trying to hire. You know we have 11 million good jobs open right now? Nobody cares. Then you have the supply chain problems. You know, in the the port of Los Angeles, I was just reading this morning, port of Los Angeles, uh, to have one cargo ship out in the water waiting to get into the port was a very big deal. We have almost 90 cargo ships waiting to get into the port, just to the port of Los Angeles. That's why you don't have stuff, okay? The lack of factory labor, the the lack of drivers, uh, the distribution centers have worker shortage, everything. And that all adds up to more and more empty shelves and long waits for ordered items. This is the new normal. As of last month, here are the percentages of U.S. businesses reporting domestic supply chain disruptions in various sectors. In manufacturing, 64 percent. Retail, 60 percent. Construction, 60 percent. Accommodation, food services, 51 percent. Are you kidding me? I went into a store with my wife. God, help me. I went into a pottery barn. Please, somebody. Dear Lord, help me. Anyway, um, I went in and she wanted to buy some stuff. And and I said, can I just put this in the back of the car? And she said, oh, no, you can't take that as floor model. I said, I don't care. It's a floor model. She said, no, no, we're not getting anything. We don't know when the next delivery is coming. We have to have something on the floor we can sell. Are you kidding me? This is America? Well, then, remember, the idea of in America is you might be poor, but you can have an idea. You can be a hard worker. You can build your own business. You can uh, build your own wealth. Ownership is important to build wealth. You buy a home, it's worth more. You're worth more. But if you buy business, well, they're going to put you out of business. If you buy a home, well, God help you. Because now you're an evil landlord. And you can't evict anyone. This is disastrous, a disastrous idea. There's lots of talk about the current housing crisis, but we will only get worse when there is no incentive to build apartments, houses. If you're going to have, you know, people that just live there and squat and you can't get them out, zero incentive, unless you're a company like, oh, wait a minute, who is buying up all of the houses at 50% the asking price just recently? Yeah, that's right, BlackRock. So what else are they doing? Biden's new vaccine mandate. It's going to be a drag on businesses, cost-wise, attorney-wise, everything else, as well as impact hiring and retraining, uh, retraining people. It's going to be a, a nightmare, a nightmare. So what have they done? Well, out of the five important things that has made America great, we've now seen they're going to take apart energy. They're already doing it. They're dismantling the American uh, spirit of work hard, 
you know, have something that you own, have an idea, build a business, do it yourself. These people say they're capitalists, but they actually believe you didn't build this. The collective did. Half of the country knows that's a lie. But I wish it was just this, because next we go to land and farming. Land and farming. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, the U.S. food and agricultural sectors are responsible for roughly one-fifth of our economic activity. They support 23 million jobs. They represent nearly 15% of all U.S. employment. Under current law, if you're a farmer and you're like, well, I've owned this since 1871 when my grandpappy... Uh, Joe Robinette Biden had it with slaves on the plantation. Once that guy dies, the estate has to pay federal estate taxes. As of 2021, up to $11.7 million in assets per individual are exempted from the state tax. So in other words, if your grandpappy bought it from Joseph Robinette, he paid a whole $10 and he didn't want any of the slaves he owned that. But now you have to pay all of the, the uh, taxes for all the money from the $5 to what it's worth today. Right now, you can, you can, uh, you're allowed to take what's called fair market value as the basis in your property tax for your debt tax. It's called a stepped-up basis. Stepped-up basis allows people to avoid capital gains taxes because you're a farmer and you make nothing. But this year, two Democratic proposals change all that. The sensible taxation, I love this, Sensible Taxation and Equity Promotion Act. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that doesn't say anything with the word equity in it, run. It's eliminating the stepped-up basis of the death tax for the farm owners, which would mean the heir would have to pay taxes on all of the increase in property value. Another act uh, that is going in by Bernie Sanders called the uh, For the 99.5% Act, that would decrease all of that from $11 million to $3.5 million, which would mean a lot more farmers have to pay estate taxes, you know, unless dad doesn't die. If dad dies, you're in trouble. If dad doesn't die, don't worry about your farm. This would mean the average farm would incur $1.43 uh, million in new tax liabilities. Oh, my kids have that just laying around. These new death taxes on farms will cause the family farm to go away. But don't worry. Don't worry. The government's there. I got a note from one of the guys that lives in my community up in Idaho. It's a farming community, about 500 people. The FSA, the Farm Service Agency, that's local elected officials. They work with the farmers, work with the local office to deal with local issues. You know, they're you know, we need some federal dollars to, you know, go to this farmer or that farmer, blah, blah, blah. The federal government just came in and got rid of all those people. They're gone. Um, so now the federal government is doing it. They disbanded all of the local committees. They locked down the office. They put an armed guard at the, uh, at the, uh, at the office. An armed guard. There's 500 people in town. And they had a standoff. That's what the Fed said. They had a standoff with a group of farmers with the Fed running the office claiming it was an angry mob. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm going to show you this. This is really, really important. This is from the World Economic Forum. I want to show it to you um, because it is so insane that I can't believe it is actually true. Um, we have uh, the Rewrite the Playbook for Collective Action. Wow. Three urgent actions that they have to do to be able to have inclusive, sustainable solutions for food. So they're going to rewrite the playbook for collective action. I don't even know what the collective action, what, what are you talking about? Think, for example, they say, think, for example, the collective power of 100 million farmers incentivized to adopt regenerative farming practices, not just to reduce the impact on the environment, but to undo past damage and allow the sector to be both carbon neutral and carbon positive. I like that they have incentives for people to do that. It's kind of a little nudge. Then companies can drive that as an operating principle through their supply chains, and several billion consumers are incentivized to choose healthier, nutritious, zero-waste, and environmentally conscious food through a variety of inspiring, transparent, and trusted networks and approaches. Oh my gosh, I think I'm going to vomit. There's so much bullcrap in that. They say current food and land use systems cause up to 30% of total greenhouse gas emissions. Beef, chicken, pork, you know. The current COVID prices, uh, crisis has underscored the necessity to retool, quote, the entire food system to enable digitalization and data-driven transformation. These uh, new methods will be linked to dynamic country and regional innovation hubs. So in other words, you'll have one hub that's for America and then another hub that's for North America. So they're getting right down to the nitty gritty. They're talking to the people who are actually doing it. Uh, and it can be tailored to individual countries' needs that benefits, the benefits are being evenly distributed. The benefits are evenly distributed and do not create unintended consequences. How could you possibly make a statement like that? Let me tell you, everything's going to be even. That's a bad idea. That sounds like communism. Uh, but it's all, don't worry, it's not communism. This is all centrally planned. And you've got your local Washington bureau to be able to talk to there. So that's local. It's not central planning. It's some big place like that. This is the Great Reset. It is the biggest transfer of wealth, the biggest transfer of power, and because it's on a global scale, when it comes to farming, I promise you, the entire world will look like Venezuela if this happens. It will be the largest starvation event in all human history. People say it's not fair. It's not working. The level of extreme poverty in, this, in the world, uh, the percentage was 42.2% of the world's population. The year before I graduated high school in 1981, almost half of the world was in extreme poverty. Do you know what that number is in 2018? 8.6%. Let me give you one more thing. One more thing. There's the Half Earth Project. Ever heard about it? This advocates to save humanity from the climate crisis progressives believe we're facing by setting aside half of the Earth in its natural state. Why am I bringing this up? Well, 
Because in late August, New Mexico's governor moved beyond Biden's 30 by 30 land protection agenda by signing an executive order conserving 30 percent of all of New Mexico's lands by 2030. Plus, another 20 percent right away are going to be set aside for climate stabilization areas. Did you vote for any of this? Did you vote for any of this or this? Because if you did, you should check yourself. If you even voted for Joe Biden but didn't know all this was coming, we need to stand together, kids. I'll show you how you can do it and actually make an impact coming up in a minute. About half of the overall increase in grocery prices can be attributed to a significant uh, increase in prices in three products, in uh, beef, in pork, and in poultry. And in beef and in pork, we've seen double-digit increases in prices over the last uh, couple of months. Um, In fact, if you look at the category that uh, is grocery prices, what economists call food at home, so food that is being uh, purchased uh, to eat at home, um, in a number of areas we've seen, if you take out those three categories, we've actually seen uh, price increases that are more in line with uh, historical norms. Well, if we just take all of the numbers of the passengers on the Titanic, there weren't really that many deaths. Um, Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Nobody wants to talk about inflation, but it is happening. And I want to give you this. This was given to me right before we went on the show. Federal Reserve on Wednesday today cleared the way to reduce its monthly bond purchases soon and signaled interest rates uh, increases may follow more quickly than expected. Uh, That means that they are going to raise the interest rates in 2022 and instead of 2023, which they had promised. So a year earlier, that's not going to go well. Um, Also, they said they're going to stop buying things. That means tapering. The last time they tried it, the economy almost fell apart. They're only doing this because they know inflation is out of control. You know it. You absolutely know it. You know it every time you try to go in and and uh, buy anything and you know that they are they're killing you with taxes, death tax, income tax, capital gains tax, property tax, sales tax. That's wonderful. Uh, but or, by the way, you're going to get heavier taxes and you're going to get other things that you can and cannot do financing you can and can't do with ESG, so that's gonna put a crimp on there. But we have to know how you're spending your money. And remember, you've gotta pay your fair share. That's why he wants people to, uh, uh, banks to report on exactly what you're making, uh, what you're putting in the bank, what you're spending. No, it's $600, that's not for the wealthy, that's for everybody. Did you know, let me see if I can find this here. Did you know in the American Rescue Plan, there's a pesky little, kind of sidebar in there that has eBay, Etsy, and other platforms reporting on small sellers for total transactions of $600 or more, you know, because of the rich. That's why between social credit, ESG, and no, absolutely no privacy in the bank's banking system at all, they're going to a digital dollar. I'm telling you right now, We had low regulation. That's going through the roof. We had the world's reserve currency. That's going to be gone very soon, I think. Um, We we had reasonable taxes. 
They're off the charts bad right now. And digital dollar, digital dollar, digital dollar means the last time we have reset our currency, it means that people take a bath. You have a dollar saved. Say, have $100. When we change currency, they give you usually a year to change your currency. But your old dollar is not worth the same as the new dollar. The old dollar has been devalued. It's generally been about 60 cents on the dollar. So that means you lose 40% of whatever you had saved in dollars. Okay? 40%. But the Fed now is talking about equity. So if you're a white man and you had $100, you might only get 40 cents for that dollar. But if you're a black Polynesian hermaphrodite in a wheelchair who also, also likes to have sex with cats, you're in a very, very small group, and you might get 110 cents for every dollar. It's going to be redistributive. And that's, that's such, the American, such the American way. I don't see what could possibly go wrong. This is something that you really need to be concerned about. Uh, I'll show you five real quick, the, um, the rule of law, and then some solutions when we come back. Let me tell you about uh, Relief Factor. Um, the Relief Factor can help you get rid of pain by getting rid of inflammation. I am so inflated from inflammation. I just been, I've been talking to the doctor. I'm like, all this inflammation. He's like, I think that's food, Glenn. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't know what you're even talking about. Uh, I want you to try Relief Factor if you are in pain. Um, I didn't listen to the people like me on TV. I was like, oh, that's a clown. Uh, I didn't think it would work for me. I'm a guy who literally they can't keep down on an operating table. <laughs> I've woken up on the operating table two times before. It freaks the doctors out. It's great. But anyway, um, I didn't think it would work. Come on. Inflammation, please. It worked for me, and I got my life back. Please, try Relief Factor. Just for the three-week quick tri start trial, it costs you 20 bucks. If it doesn't work, stop taking it. But it should work within three weeks. If it does, continue to take it. 70% of the people who try it for three weeks go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com. Five is the secret to all of the fixes. It's the rule of law. We were united. We were stable. We were ethical. We were just. NATO is gone. France doesn't even take our calls anymore. Great Britain, they're pissed off at us now. And internally, January 6th insurrection, the defund the police, Antifa, the border crisis. We're a mess. All five of these uh, categories are all under attack and almost lost. So what do we do? If you don't like the new normal, you're going to have to do some things. And this is going to sound ridiculous in its simplicity, but it is true. Much lower living standards. Get used to it now. Cut your costs as much as you possibly can. Shortages of beef and fruits. Grow your own stuff, live in communities, start farmer's markets, and store things. Black and brownouts are coming. What do you have as a backup? What can you use as a backup? Savings devalued with uh, equity. Gold. I know people who are buying old cars, things like that. Zero privacy banking. Go local. Collective rules, ESG. Go local. Schools, activists, corporations. Go local. Ownership. Local. No one to blame. Local. Local, local, local. It is going to be individuals and community by community that we turn this tide. 
And it is really super critical that we, um, that we start to talk to our friends and our neighbors and we start to um, reach out to people that we thought never got along with us because you'd be surprised how many are feeling something's not right. And it's not. If they can break apart the American people and they can pit us against one another, which they've already done, and we allow our anger and don't trust the best things about us historically, the fact that we were united on certain principles, that we were ethical, that we were just, not the country, individuals, that cowboy handshake, if we can revive that and keep it in our local communities, help one another, prepare for this, maybe we can help others well. Well, I think the world starves to death uh, and chaos uh, comes. That's the way it usually happens when somebody tries to central plan our way out of something. It never really works out well. I'm going to go into some of these things a little bit more tomorrow on uh, radio uh, and give you all of the information that I think is important on how you can, how you can uh, play a role in the saving of your nation. And it's their critical steps. I'm going to be outlining these on October 9th uh, for Mercury One. It's, uh, it's the power of one, is what I'm calling it. And I think that uh, everything that I've ever done has led up to this. I think, I don't know, um, seems like it's the right time. And uh, you can play a big role. If you'd like to be there, we'd love to have you there. Just find the information um, at m1nextchapter.com, m1nextchapter.com, or mercuryone.org. All right, back in a minute. I, I hate this time because we've cut so much at the end so short. We didn't have time. Again, I'm going to talk about it uh, tomorrow, but I, I, I really want you to know, if you've been feeling like something's not right, that you don't recognize your country anymore, it's because we're not the same country. Say it out loud, and then we can do something about it. Good night.